Hey guys, welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. My name is Mary. I am here with Brock and Josh. And each week we get together and we take a bite-sized portion of the weekend teaching at Hope and we break it down. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Um, This past weekend, if you didn't get to join us, we're continuing a series called The Life You've Always Wanted. That sounds really appealing, it does. doesn't it? Very, very, <laughs> I want to very soothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to listen to that one. I want to know what we're talking about. Yeah. So within this series, really the heart of it is surrender and what true worship looks like. And so that's what John did. Is he really unpacked that a little more? And he's going to be doing that each week. But there was a specific um, verse, well, passage really, not just one verse within his message that I felt like was really the key to what he was talking about. So that's where we're going to go today with 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. And so that's kind of where we're going to camp out a little bit and learn more about. Yeah, let's do it. I love the way that uh, Pastor John often sums up that life we want to live as Christians as the center of God's will, uh, His purpose for our life, things like that. And uh, I mean, I would say that, that those of us who love Jesus, that's what we want. However, often it kind of, then leads to somewhat of a question of like, so how do we do that? What does that look yeah. like? Uh, and so it's always fun when we can look to scripture and it can actually do what it does and give us clarity in taking those steps, uh, actually having like maybe a target to aim for. I think that's always super encouraging. So uh, today specifically, uh, maybe you've heard that phrase, like to walk in the light. We're going to talk about that a little bit and what that means, which is something I'm really excited about. Uh, but yeah, let's read uh, from that passage, beginning in verse eight. If we claim we have no sin... We're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, God, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. That's kind of harsh language right there. A liar. (laughs) Calling God a liar. It's kind of intense. Yeah. Um, So a little bit of background about this particular letter. And I'll go ahead and confess, like first, second, third, John, not a little, they're little books, they're little letters, um, but not ones that I had really read, 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 ridden, (laughs) ridden, read that often. You know, it's kind of not one of those ones. So it was really fun looking into it. And so there are, It doesn't say in the writing, it doesn't say, hey, this is John writing to you right now, but there are a lot of clues that tell us that this is very likely the Apostle John and um, the one that wrote the Gospel of John. There's a lot of parallels there. Um, And so he's the writer of this and he's overseeing um, this network of house churches. And as per usual, there is an issue. Always something (laughs) coming up in these churches. We are like that, aren't we? No, not at all. And so... um, We'll, we'll kind of dive into that a little bit more before we get into the verse, but you can actually find in chapter two, him kind of referencing it within the letter, very specifically, he's calling them antichrist, which I've never called someone an antichrist no, to their face, harsh. but we're getting some harsh language here. Very strong language. <laughs> yeah. And so these people uh, left the church and it seems that they're kind of pulling other people away. And we talked a little bit about this yesterday, but Gnosticism, can you unpack that a little bit? Like what is a Gnostic? Where does that come from, and, and how is that influencing? But I wanted to say first, if the if the idea of moving to the center of God's purpose for your life doesn't work for you, I do have a nautical mm. version Ooh, of the same thing. Oh. It's moving to the center of God's purpose. I love it for your life. It's the nautical <laughs> version of the of the. Of You're the speaking my statement. language right yeah, now. Yeah. So, but uh, so what's happening in this passage here is like always, some false teachers are coming along and trying to get people to go a different direction from the true gospel because the church is sorting out what they believe at this time. Yeah. 
And so what John is saying here is the, the true message is that God is light and in him, there's no darkness at all. Mm-hmm. But there was these false teachers that were coming along that were saying, it's okay to walk in the darkness and you can still have fellowship with God. So what that means is there was this Greek dualism idea mm-hmm. going on in some of these teachers' minds that like the spiritual stuff is good, physical stuff is evil, it's bad. Yeah. And so there was almost this idea that um, what you did with the body didn't really matter because mm. you could walk in darkness because the body's irrelevant. It's what's going on in your soul. And so mm. long as you were spiritual and worshiping and doing the right religious practices, you were fine. And so uh, there was even a born out of this, this, this might be a little bit of a side tangent. And I apologize for this, but there was, they were trying to figure out who Jesus was yeah. Yeah. at the same time. And like, was he, because we believe in the idea that he was fully God and fully man at the same time, but that was not a concept that was just right there. And so this idea of this Greek dualism, uh, they had this philosophy called docetism. Mm. And docetism was saying that since evil is, or the physical is bad, Jesus couldn't have been physically present. And so he was just like this phantom or the spiritual thing that was walking around. And so that was kind of led to this, this whole camp of thinking about physical and spiritual things. And so it's, that's why it's so important for this whole setup because God is light, darkness. These false teachers were teaching this idea about darkness and light, about living in the light versus what you do yeah, with your body. Yeah, and I feel like that is, sounds very familiar, just that idea of like kind of separating like what we think and what we believe and kind of the spiritual, like non-tangible stuff with the physical. And so it makes so much sense that when Jesus showed up on the scene saying, I'm God, it's like, this does not compute, <laughs> you know? So it's almost like that natural response to that of like, okay, how do we make this make sense to us? Yeah. Well, I do what I want, but I can believe this other thing. Maybe you know? maybe like a kind of modern culturally relevant way of thinking about this in order to empathize with them would be us having to, to differentiate between like, uh, what's biblical and what's cultural. Like how am I, what's, what am I being told? How am I being influenced as far as like society goes? And what is God telling me through his word? And to your point a second ago, you know, these are men and women who uh, this is, Jesus shows up and it's an abrupt change from like this, uh, this understanding of who God is that I have. And now this man telling me he's God and that through him is this faith, right? That he's the light. And so it is, I love how you said that there, this, this moment, this kind of, season where they're sorting that out. That's so helpful to remember as we go through this. Yeah, and could you imagine, here come these learned teachers mm-hmm. and they're teaching you something. You're like, huh, that sounds pretty good, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's why- And you're talking about the heretics. Yeah, right? yeah, not the hairy ticks. Because uh, <laughs> oh, those wow. would be to take the blood out of your arm. We're on but a you're roll. Trying to, you're trying <laughs> yeah. to sort this out and these people who come across and go, yeah. oh, they seem to know what they're talking about. Exactly. And in actuality, they're, they're, they're heretics. They're telling a false antichrist uh, and the whole philosophy in the Greek world was this idea of Greek dualism, that what yeah. you do with the, the the material things is bad, and the spiritual. And so that's a philosophy that's out there. It's surrounding them, like you're talking about culturally, yeah. mm-hmm. and they're having to sort through that. And so that's why John writes this letter to say, exactly. hey, let's sort through this a little bit. And I love in the context of the verses we just read, if you look to verse 6, uh, it says, so we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. Mm. So living in sin, kind of doing things that are uh, the opposite of what God would want you to do. It says, then you're not practicing the truth. Uh, But if we were living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of his son, Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And so he's explaining, hey, here's a proper way after I've been with Jesus, after I've learned from Jesus to begin to think about what it means to navigate this life when it comes to 
the body and sin and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's really cl- going to clear things up, especially in these next couple of verses. And I, I think something that I really love as we get into move toward verse eight is it is so practical. And I think that it's easy to hear some of the things we just talked about and be like, oh, they did that. But it is so much something that we do. Like I just hear and I'm like, oh yeah, that's totally something we do. We separate those things. And so I think that this particular passage, as you're listening, just maybe assume it's you. Maybe assume you're going to do that same thing. And, right. and here's an antidote almost to walking through that and kind of working that out. Yeah. And let, let me read that because I read eight, nine, and 10 earlier, but let me read five, six, and seven real quick as we kind of uh, transition into those verses that we're talking about. But, but John writes, God, we think it's John, right? God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. And if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie, we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, you guys have heard that. I wanna be in the light. Little, little old school. I was hoping that we would sing it. I'm so that. glad yeah. you did that. Yeah. He says, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son purifies us from all sin. Beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, writing here from John. And so here are these people the Gnostics. And so if you ever see this written out, it's G-N-O-S-T-I-C, Gnostic. Yes. So if you want to sound really learned, you could call them the Gnostics. Yeah. Well, maybe not. That would be the opposite. The Gnostics. So this is not good news that they're bringing to the people here. I'm the trying Gnostics. to think of like another G, but I Ganache. can't. <laughs> that was what that yeah, means. Ganache. Ganache. Oh, y'all are the so Gnostics. good at it. Ganache. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, so the, the Gnostics are, so here John is saying, hey, God is the light, but the Gnostics are going, no, 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 the light is in you. John's saying God is the truth. And the Mm -hmm. Gnostics are saying, no, 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 the truth is in you. You determine what truth is. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. he goes on in verse eight, we start talking about, he says, if you then claim to be without sin, you're the one that's actually deceived. Wow. Because we're all sinners is what John is painting the picture of what Jesus taught. Is if So if you claim, hey, I don't have sin because I can separate the physical from the spiritual, you're the one that's deceived. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and not only is he saying that they're deceived, but he got to, sticks it to them like Jesus did with the Pharisees we talked about last week. He says, there is no truth in them. And so he is laying down the gauntlets here. Not only are they deceived, there's no truth in them at all. And so here we go. Nice little little battle going on here. So that's that's how he starts off. And then he goes on to say, as I read this, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm. And so there's this idea here that if we confess our sins, because we're all sinners, and so if you don't believe that, you're deceived. Mm-hmm. But the beautiful thing is, acknowledging your sin, you confess those things to Jesus, and it says, he is faithful, and he's just, and he'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It means that that sin that we bring to the table because of what Jesus did is wiped away, and it's in actuality, there's no sin left because we've been cleansed from that. So this message of, hey, we're not living in sin, to, no, 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 wait, you are a sinner, but here's the beautiful message. As you bring that sin to Jesus, then you're not a sinner because he wipes it away. And yeah. so he kind of gets back around to that truth, but it's because of Jesus, not because of material and spiritual things. Mm. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, and, and if we say, if we do say that we have sin, if we say, Hey, I'm a sinner, then he's saying the truth is in you. Yeah. So it's actually being truthful and honest to say, here's my sin. Here's my struggle. That means you understand the truth that you are a human being in need of Jesus, in need of his forgiveness, and also that you're acknowledging that I can't do anything about it, but Jesus can. So very beautiful idea. And the whole, uh, I want to watch how I say this, but it's, and try not to run too far in the wrong direction with this when I say it, but 
the problem doesn't seem to be as much the sin, but our response to it. Now, sin is bad. So that's what I'm saying. Don't run with that. <laughs> but it's almost like what you're saying here. Yeah. And what he's saying, sin is inevitable. Yes. It is going to happen. It's going to be there. So how do we respond to it? And, and to be the right move is to bring that and to bring it into the light, like he's talking about here. Yeah. And so I just think that that is really important for us to understand this verse, that, that sin is going to happen, except that it's going to happen but that there can be this progress that starts with really us bringing that out and bringing that into the light. And that the way that, so so sin, inevitable, however, the way that we think about it, the way that we feel about it, the way that we respond to it, what we do with it, those progressively change yeah. more and more because yeah. we make, become more and more like, like Christ that's in us. Yeah. Yeah, so that's embracing all of the gospel message. We mm-hmm. don't just sit there and say, oh, look, I can just sin because like if I, claim to be without sin, I'm the liar. Look, I'm a big time sinner. Look at me. And again, there's truth in that, but like there's also this call to begin to get closer to uh, the center of God's purpose I'm mean, purpose uh, for your life. <laughs> I love and it. There's this call to that. And yet at the same time, there's this freedom to know that, hey, it's okay to be a sinner. And there's this freedom, this beauty to know that Jesus said, hey, you come to me, yeah. you confess these things, it's wiped away. Yeah, you're forgiven. Yeah. You're right in the eyes of God because of Jesus, not because of your activity I, and your response. I love they use that word freedom because where people, I would, th- I know where for me for sure, like when I would get tripped up in this, it's this idea of, oh, I can't. I'm supposed to be a Christian. I, I'm uh, not supposed to sin. I can't let people know that I'm struggling with this or whatever. I can't. I can't. I don't have the freedom to like own that. So it becomes kind of like I've actually become shackled to something else or whatever, right? But 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 not only is there uh, freedom from the power of sin in Christ, but there's also a freedom to acknowledge it so that we can continue to like walk out of that freedom. And and I love that when when John writes about this, he's not just kind of it's not just this ambiguous. Hey, walk in the light. But he actually, now he kind of is starting to break that down for us a little bit and go, and here's how you do that. Mm-hmm. Here's how you walk in the light. Here's how you walk in that freedom in Christ from sin, from the power of sin over your life. And I think it would be super helpful. I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but we find it here. And I think it's so much in scripture and it's something that we, um, I think we should teach probably more because I find a lot of people find shame because they don't understand this. Um, but Josh, can you break down a little bit? I think you were the one that talked about it a few weeks ago, but progressive sanctification and mm-hmm. sanctification just like in a nutshell, just to bring people up to speed. But I think that's kind of found here a little bit. Sure, yeah. So, so when we say sanctification, I would maybe simplify that as just saying, uh, uh, becoming more and more like Jesus. Yep. Uh, and I also not even so much so like this kind of target I'm aiming for so much as learning to live out of this, kind of uh, new self that I am in Christ. Uh, and so it's so progressive sanctification is that ongoing uh, transformation of becoming more and more like Jesus. Whereas uh, positional sanctification is when I give my life to Jesus, I'm washed clean. I'm in right standing before God. Uh, and that's, that's this really powerful uh, kind of fuel, remembering those mercies of God that kind of fuel my progressive sanctification. So it's this kind of already not yet kind of uh, living out uh, Holiness and righteousness. And, but at the same time, as we pursue righteousness, as we pursue sanctification, it becomes easy to be in a group of people in a body of believers. And there all, almost can be a little shame if you haven't got it all figured out yet. Mm-hmm. Yes. So then you try to hide mm-hmm. that I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. You try to hide that I have struggles. 
And therefore, uh, that's one of the things that's often funny about church is we dress up really nice on Sunday morning. We go because we want to almost give it. It's like Facebook. We want to give this presentation of yeah. how, how great things are. Right, yeah. And yet what John is writing here is that, hey, wait, whoa, no, no, no. You're sinners. And in verse 10, he even says, if you claim you have not sinned, you're not only just not telling the truth, you're calling God a liar because God is saying that you need my forgiveness. Yeah. Wow. And so to embrace that saying, hey, I'm honoring Jesus here by saying, I don't have it all figured out. I'm on this journey, this yeah. progressive journey of being coming closer to Christ, but I also need God's forgiveness. And so that is a call to not only just understand that you need, but it's a, almost a call to humble worship of like, yes. hey, God is good. He said, I need him. So I'm just going to embrace that and come before him and, and find his goodness in that, that I, I need him to forgive me of my sins. Regularly, daily, like often. Yeah, and I think that you really hit it on the head when you're talking about us feeling this shame about having sinned or our dealing with sin. And the antidote, it seems here, or, or part of the sol solution is recognizing one, what Jesus did. I think that's so important, um, but also confessing that and being honest. And so what is, what is because I think a lot of people think of confession and they think of, you know, confessing to a priest or, or maybe confession, they think of like law and order or something or like a <laughs> cop show. And it's like, confess, you That's know, funny. there's kind of a lot of, um, there is a general feeling around the word confession that is kind of negative and scary and, and probably promotes a little bit of that shame. So what does it look like for us to live this out and to live a life that whenever we do struggle or have sin or, or are working through something, how do we confess that and walk in the truth? Something that I think would be really helpful, I'm going to go back to your word, shame. So, so we talked about earlier about understanding the difference between cultural and biblical influence. Uh, I think culture would say 100% shame is bad and unhelpful. I would argue that if, if we uh, are Christians living to honor Jesus and love other people and sin, shame, we're going we're gonna to feel shame uh, because the, in a sense, because like the spirit is convicting us, like we're going to feel remorse. We're going to grieve sin. We're going to grieve our actions. And so I would say that, that there is a, an, an essence of shame in there that actually is a helpful thing because of Christ. We don't have to sit in that shame. You know, we don't have to, uh, we don't have to wallow around in that because he's the one that wallowed around in it for us. Like we don't have to kind of pull ourselves out of it. He's the one that's pulled us out of it. So, so I want to start there because this idea of confession really does begin with recognizing what Christ has done for us. And that's where the freedom to be able to, to own, acknowledge, confess our sin uh, comes from, but also where the power to not have to like sit around in it and just dwell in shame a lot of time comes from as well. And not feel ashamed because if you are a human being, then you're going to have some sin. Yeah, you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, and I think confession for, for me is a little bit of a two-part deal. Like, A, a it's it's— or should I say two parts? Should I say one instead of A? Because that is that mixing two and A? Mm. No, I like it. Let's okay. mix it up. Okay, Let's keep back, them on their to toes. A. One yeah. A. One A. Well, now I'm all confused. But anyway, <laughs> it's going to Jesus and going to God and saying, hey, here's the here's the sin. I'm confessing it. That, and so sin is the darkness, what's being talked about here. But stepping into the light means, hey, here it is. Yeah. And saying to God, I need your forgiveness. And again, that's a beautiful thing because we're completely forgiven in the midst of that confession. But I think also, too, confession is... There's meant to be a human element yeah. as well, where we can go to our brothers and sisters in Christ mm -hmm. and say, here's what's going on. Not so much to be shamed, like, oh, look at you, bad soul, 
but to not feel alone, mm-hmm. uh, to be encouraged, maybe even set up some some new ways of doing things, some new behaviors or new uh, ways of getting some help. And so there's this idea of confession. And it's funny how oftentimes if we hold confession and we don't want to tell anybody, it's like we're kind of living in the shadows a little yeah. bit. Sure. But there's this other meaning that as we confess, this other idea that comes out that if we confess, it's like internally there's a lightness that comes to that. So it's like we're stepping into the light. And once you really have confessed in a safe place, someone that's not going to you know, just destroy you because of your sin, it feels like there's a freedom that comes from that. And it's almost there's a, a lightness that comes to that to you because of that confession. And so, um, again, not to force that, but I think that's really where the beauty lies in confessing to Christ and confessing to someone else that can help you navigate and walk through and help you not feel alone and remind you, hey, you've confessed your sin to Jesus. You're completely forgiven. Yeah, it's so good. And I think that um, if you can walk away from this podcast and and have a new perspective on confession and the sin or maybe just the struggles that you're kind of working through, maybe cycles that you've walked through. Um, I know myself having walked through some healing, doing regeneration, a program we have here at Hope, um, that that's a big part of it. Confession is one of those um, parts that you kind of have to bring that. And that was the scariest step for me. I was like, oh, I got to like tell somebody these things I've never told anybody. And it's crazy because it was scary. But once I did it, you don't believe it until you do it. And then you do it and you're like, and you do it in the right place. You share it with the right people and in the right posture. And I'm just telling you, I for personal experience, it was just such a healing thing. So it is true that that this is um, something that's just so good for us and that we can experience some really good healing and, and at least some course correction yeah. to help us, not to hurt us or control us, but to help us. And so I hope that that encourages you to, one, sign up for Regen <laughs> if you need to, but— mm-hmm. um, Maybe find someone in your life that you trust that's a trusted Christian um, or maybe a pastor you know and uh, start taking a step, taking a step in that journey. You don't have to have it all figured out or fix it. And we're not good at it. Like you have to try and practice and yeah. get better at it. You're changing be a o- cycle. Be okay with like, you're, we're going to mess up for, yes. for a while, you know? And yes. sometimes you've been hurt by it. And so maybe you don't go and just, yes. here's everything. Maybe you do, but like yeah. be wise, you yeah. just put a toe in those waters and get to trust One people. Step. But realize, because every time that I've been able to confess, I'm like, why didn't I do that earlier? This yes. is so freeing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, but again, sometimes it's just a trust issue. You got to build up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, thanks so much for joining us. We're going to continue the life you've always wanted this weekend. So make sure to check out the message. If you didn't hear the one from this past weekend, um, I think uh, this kind of after hearing this, you're really going to enjoy hearing that message too. So if you haven't heard it, go check it out. But join us next week for The Breakdown. Bye, Bye y'all. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Breakdown. You know, it's our hope that you've learned something new about God's Word for the sake of knowing God and taking one step in your journey to the center of God's purpose for your life. If you're wanting to keep the discovering going, which we hope you are, you can check out past episodes at hopefellowship.net slash podcasts or by searching The Breakdown on Spotify or any other streaming platform. And don't forget, please leave us a review. We'll see you guys next time for another episode of The Breakdown.